It's it's about giving pleasure while taking pleasure, right? It that's what I'm talking about. Ravishment. Ravishment is not about banging her cervix repeatedly until she's sore for a week. Like that's not ravishment. All right, that's hurting her. <laughs> that's she's not going to be like, oh my god, I love my boyfriend after that. She's going to be like, ow, you hurt me. I don't want to do that again. You know, you want to build trust, build more trust, stay attuned, and then be authentic about your desires. But first, a word from our sponsors. There's no shame in wanting to last a little longer. And Promescent's Delay Spray gives you confidence to enjoy the experience without worrying about blowing your load. Get 15% off at promescent.com with code MW15. That's MW15 at P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. When your mission is beyond missionary, step up your game with Liberator. Their collection of transformable sex furniture and sex toy mounts will put you in sexual positions you never thought were possible. Use promo code MANHORE and save 40% off the best-selling wedge ramp combo at liberator.com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Shout out to all the conscious cocks and patient pussies. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. If you're new, welcome back. If you're not, this week on the pod, I have got on Christopher Lovestone. He's the author of the new book, Conscious Cock, the Empowered Sexuality Manual for Men. It's a very manly episode. A lot of men talking to other men about being better men in bed type of discourse for you momentarily. But first, I want to uh, make sure you all remember that Man Horcon is coming up, people. It is fast approaching. It's three months away, uh, August 12th through 14th. And you can still reserve a room. We only have five rooms left as of the time I'm recording this. Any past Man Horcon attendees or current Patreon members, you may want to perk your ears up because you have an exclusive booking window that ends this Saturday, May 17th, before I open it up to the waiting list and then, you know, the general public. So uh, if you want more information on Man Horcon, check out the link in the show notes for that presentation. Uh, If you want to get on the waiting list or reserve a room, go ahead and shoot me an email ASAP. Again, there's only five rooms left. I'm so hyped. Ugh, man, work on it's coming back and all the hugs and cuddles. Uh, <laughs> before I get to my guest this week, I just want to read uh, a quick little email question I got in from Kay. Kay writes, hi, just found your podcast. Totally into it. I work nights, so it's my drive to work, drive home, new favorite question. How does one go about finding sex positive, non-creepy and discreet sex parties? 
I am leery of some online platforms with signups and et cetera. So do you have any suggestions to find similar like-minded folks interested in similar like-minded things in smaller centers or nearby larger cities? Just asking for a friend in Ontario, Canada. Okay. Well, I can't say uh, I know much about the, the Canadian sex party scene. And as we are opening up, yes, I know a lot of us are uh, are waiting to go back to sex parties, or we're, we're we've we've decided during lockdown. You know what? I'm I'm doing it. I'm pulling the trigger. I'm going to an orgy, something along those lines. Uh, we're looking for them, and people need to know where to go. It sounds like what you're looking for this this non creepy, discreet, but sex positive sex party vibe, as opposed to say more of a swingery vibe. Sounds a lot like Hacienda, something I go to here in Brooklyn. Consent driven, super sexy, members and friends only, right? Which is a really big one because now you know, like, okay, there's a control group of of the members, and the only people who get to go are people invited by the members, and the members have to like vouch for those people and if those people fuck up at the party the the member who referred them has to now have a talking to so so like i know i am particularly careful about who i invite to a hacienda party and i think that's great as opposed to these parties or these sex clubs that are really more of a business so yeah they're posting these places online yeah you could go yeah you might have a great time but there's not as much of a vetting going on with the with the attendees so I would try to find them, I would try to find this type of a scene, this type of a party that you're looking for in particular. You try to find them through other communities, other communities that are uh, a little easier to find and that are that throw like these non-sexual events you could go to. So if you're into BDSM, go to a munch and meet people. A munch, if you, if you don't know, is like a non-sexual, it's kind of like a, a, a meet and greet. It'll be at a bar or like a TGI Fridays or something. I just talk to folks because like they know the kinky people know where the sex parties are. Of course, they know where the kink parties are, but a lot of them will also know where non kink play parties are. If you're non monogamous, find the local poly scene and meet people. Here in New York City, there's like a regular poly meetup that's been going on for many years. And through that, you end up meeting uh, people who go to play parties. And then they, if you meet them and, and you vibe with them and you become friends with them, they might invite you to said play party because they might be willing to vouch for you because they've gotten to know you. Find an adult sex ed workshop run by like the local feminist-owned sex toy shop in, in your neck of the woods, okay? And meet people. The big part here is meet people. Let them get to know you, not as someone hitting on them, but as a like-minded individual who just like is excited and is here and like would love to know where to go next. Because you know what? Someone at that workshop or probably most likely the instructor uh, knows where the cool kid, sex positive, queer inclusive play parties are at. And, uh, and also look out for like that keyword play party versus sex party. There's really no difference in definition, but play party is kind of like a sex positive code word to know the vibe is less swingery or creepy or for profit or whatever. If they call themselves a sex party, you might want to ask some more questions. Um, and But the major city near you most certainly has something like this. It's just about finding it. And like I said, as opposed to sex parties, because here's the thing, if you the way the internet is set up is like if you Google and search sex parties... These for-profit ventures who are trying to make money and therefore doing marketing are probably going to come up in your earliest searches. You're probably not going to find the play party by searching play party or sex positive sex party 
plus whatever city you're near. But like I said, it's easier to find a munch. It's easier to find a poly meetup. It's easier to find um, a, a, a an adult sex ed workshop. And then those types of people probably go to the play parties or some of the, I should say, some of the people at those things probably go to the play parties. And if you become friends with them, you will likely eventually get invited to a sex party so long as you have put that out into the ether. So yeah, that's how I would attack it. Uh, You can tell your friend that that's what she should do, Kay. And I wish you luck on your adventure. uh, Happy hunting out there. Okay. And I'm glad you found the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're not a stranger. If you find a play party and you do get to experience one, I would love to hear how that went down. I'm sure we all would. Yeah. Uh, Someone on OnlyFans, one of one of my big regulars, uh, sent me like a, a, a nice tip the other day and said, hey, I just want to say, because I don't know if people say it enough, between the boy-girl content, glory hole videos, solo videos, amazing DMs, and your smooth, dulcet tones, you honestly have got probably one of the best OnlyFans feeds out here. And it is a very competitive market. So shout out to Matt for that message on the OnlyFans. Thank you for the the tip and the incredibly kind words. (laughs) No, people do not say it enough. But uh, folks, the reviews are in the OnlyFans. It's hot and it's popping and locking and it's free to follow. It's free to come say, hey, it's an incredibly appropriate place to shoot your shot. Come on by and follow me at OnlyFans.com slash call me Billy. And of course, if you have uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, you want to send any and all of that in uh, to the show, you can shoot me an email at manhorpod at gmail.com. And by the way, if you want to connect with uh, with like minded people, if you want to potentially discover a play party in your neck of the woods, might I recommend you get into the champagne room? Yes, it is our free sex positive discord server. I know I said the word Discord. I know that word sounds scary. I promise it's not as scary as as it sounds because I, I was also scared by the word Discord until I tried Discord, and now I wonder uh, why I haven't been on Discord for years. Join us in the champagne room. Make some new friends. Connect with us at manwhorepod.com slash Discord. You might even meet someone uh, like this in there, the the, the focus of our fan whore appreciation moment. I want to give a shout out to Jeff Davies for being a badass, awesome individual. What's up? We're all out here just trying to do the right thing. You know who's doing the right thing? Jeff fucking Davies. And you know why? Because he's a member of the fan whore community on Patreon, supporting this little whore boy with a heart of gold in Bushwick. Uh, So thank you very much, Jeff Davies, for your support. And you too can become a member uh, and receive a slew of great rewards and get the satisfaction of knowing like Billy's not going to have to panhandle anytime too soon. Head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Again, become a member today. Support the show you love at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash podcast. Hey, you don't like Patreon? You just like to throw money at people on Venmo and Cash App and shit? Hey, all that's in my uh, in, in the show notes. Most of the stuff you need to, to reach out to me is in the show notes. Folks, I got an interesting guest for you this week. Christopher Lovestone. He's uh, got a new book out called Conscious Cock. It's a uh, sexuality manual for men. Men trying to do better in bed. 
men trying to be a little more conscious in bed, men just trying to do their goddamn best <laughs> in bed. I mean, we talk about the nice guy syndrome. We talk about men talking to other men about the man stuff. We talk about just how to be, you know, more in tune with your lover. I, you know, this is a fun one. I, I gotta say, I'm excited that I'm phasing out these Zoom recordings, these virtual recordings. I'm not recording with anyone virtually who is within driving distance. I'm over that, but I am still recording with a few people who are not uh, around here. And, and Christopher is down in Costa Rica. So we let him in. We did about 45 minutes or so. And then Con Edison uh, shut the power off to my entire building for like 10 minutes. We popped back on, we were able to, to salvage and, and keep going or get back into it. But most of the first conversation uh, is actually coming out tomorrow as a bonus episode on Patreon. So you're getting plenty of show here for free. And if you want to get like another half hour or so with me and Christopher, uh, you can become a member and gain access to over 200 bonus episodes. Again, at patreon.com slash podcast. But for now, enjoy my chat with Christopher Lovestone. I've got my first post-core threesome scheduled. Do you? Our sponsor, altplayground.net, is the perfect place to go to set up your next vaccinated, hey, non-monogamous adventure. APG, we love our friends at APG. Alt Playground is a members-only lifestyle hub that connects like-minded people all over the United States. Sorry, Canada. Gotta wait for the border to reopen to join our orgies. Uh, hey, you know this already. So many lifestyle sites are just filled with bots and flakes and people who aren't serious about actually playing. APG's quality control eliminates all the riffraff. You know you're talking to people who actually want to meet up for a good time. So what are you waiting for? Become a member today at altplayground.net and get ready for that hot, vaxxed summer. Ah! Again, that's altplayground, A-L-T, playground.net. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Promescent. No, that's not the word to use for a woman who can tell your future. Permescent is a sexual wellness company with a full line of premium products to help you boost your bedroom fun. Their flagship product, the Delay Spray, is a product that helps a dick have her maintain their erection for longer. And it's officially recommended by 2,000 healthcare professionals. We all promise this will not make your dick fall off. <laughs> uh, and it really does work. I've used it myself I mean, don't use too much. You'll forget that your dick is attached to your body. But their patented technology lets you retain next to normal sensitivity for a longer than normal amount of time. Plus, if it doesn't work for you, they offer a no-hassle 60-day money-back guarantee. It's a guarantee, folks. Seriously, try this spray and use promo code MW1515 for 15% off any of their premium sexual health products at promescent.com. Or just click the link in the show notes. Again, that's code MW15 at P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Stop watching low-quality ripoffs of high-quality porn on free tube sites. What are you doing? You deserve to watch porn in HD that doesn't stick to just one theme or one porn category or revolve around one body type. You're into way too many things to afford memberships to all of those sites to get everything you need. So hotmovies.com, hey, we got there, offers a solution with their new select unlimited subscription service 
that gets you access to hundreds of thousands of clips carefully curated for your experience. Get unlimited playbacks on all those movies with all your favorite porn stars from all your favorite porn studios doing all of your favorite crazy porn shit. Gay, straight, kinky, female-directed, whatever, hotmovies.com is plenty of porn to get you off. One thing I have fun doing is searching up my IRL porn friends on Hot Movies, and then I like to watch some of the clips, and then I like to text them compliments about the production. Like, hey, yo, Sophia, you really nailed that Midwestern accent in the handjob scene. Great job. Acting lessons are really paying off. Or like, hey, hey Amelia, who did the set production? I, I really enjoyed the, the pink motif going on. <laughs> Visit hotmovies.com, select Unlimited to try their new subscription service, and use promo code MANHOR for a special bonus, and so they know who sent you. As we age, our bodies are changing. Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge ramp combo gets you in the right positions just a little easier, just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position longer and harder Uh, uh, uh. and you can get 40 percent off liberators wedge ramp combo when you use promo code manhor at liberator.com or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product again 40 percent off their best-selling wedge ramp combo with promo code manhor or you can just browse around liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today now let's get to the show conscious cock (laughs) it does stand out like you know when a when a publicist sends like an email and it's got conscious cock in all caps you know you do open the email i'm like i don't i don't always love the publicist emails (laughs) but i will open this one i'm very Uh curious uh but i'm glad she reached out to uh to connect this man uh it seems like we have some some like-minded thoughts on uh masculinity and the boy stuff Uh uh-huh Although I don't know why are you live in South America or Central America? I'm in Costa Rica. Uh, in Costa left Rica. the States about 10 years ago and ended up down here. So I'm an expat, but I was in New York and Miami. Okay. How are you holding up in Costa Rica? I, oh my God. I'm so happy to be here. Hasn't really made the news very much back home. I mean, it's eternal summer. Don't need air conditioning or heating. Like it's really not a high COVID impact here. Mm. We still have a lot of personal freedoms and liberties. Like we can go to the beach, we can hang out, we can do a yoga class, like you can have a dance. Like, you know, you can't have huge gatherings. Of What's course, like the population like, of Costa Rica? I don't know, five million or something. That, yeah, well, it's I'm like smaller than New York. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not out like in this rural area and it's just so lovely. It's so peaceful. 20 minutes to the ocean, but I'm in the mountains where it's cooler, not so hot. And with anyway, COVID, it's, it's, it's like there's 12 people in my village. Like I just no. how about no outsiders for a while, but otherwise we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's exactly like that. So we get to just have a more peaceful life, like in our bodies, not so much fear. Like the cops are friends here. I'm never afraid when I see one in my rearview mirror. There's just so much peace. I mean, I don't think you would be afraid of a cop in your rearview mirror in the States either. Uh, we are. we are. You know, I'm just driving along, doing my own thing, looking rearview mirror, 
totally under the speed limit within the lines. And I still pucker up in the States, like just having a, it's just this, 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 this kind of predatory vision that, that a lot of police officers have that you're either a victim or you're an assailant, like one or the other, like but there's you, no stand. You, there haven't been like coast. There haven't been like lockdowns on like you haven't been yeah, at home been stuck with your wife and then yeah. finding out like, Oh shit. Uh, Cause I feel like a lot of people are having the realization of like, ah, oh, fuck. Like if I have to spend this much time with you, all of a sudden this relationship isn't such a great idea. I know they couldn't survive without their exits, right? Like we need our time away from our spouse, the pressure cooker of it. Most people can't handle that pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, we were fine. Like we were sailors. We lived on a sailboat cruising. It's kind of like being in the space station, like a little tin can. You can't get out of it, you know, 24 hours a day with each other. But we're really good like that. But a lot of people, their relationships are just breaking because they can't handle the pressure. They can't handle the fact that there's no exit from their spouse every day, all day long, you know? Yeah. Man, it's a hard time for people in relationship. I mean, are you, now you do coaching, right? I know I have to be careful with like which word, with which certificate. So sometimes people will be like, no, you can't call me a this. You got to call me a that. No, I'm an educator. I'm a teacher and a counselor. I don't do coaching anymore. Okay. I, I've done tons of men's groups over the years. I've you used led to do the, so many men's groups. You, uh, oh, so you were like leading men's groups, but not necessarily doing yeah. like one-on-one coaching? Right. I've done a bit of it, but like I, I, I like to reach more people than I can just one-on-one. Is this the brotherhood uh, that I see on your website? or is that? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what that was? Well, basically, I've just been doing men's circles for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And like, I've got a specific way that I lead men's circles where we, we talk about sex. We talk about our girlfriends and our wives. Like a lot of men's circles are about, we talk about our mom and we talk about our dad. Um, but I like to create a, a safe space where we can talk about the stuff that we normally don't get to talk about uh, in terms of sexuality, sex issues, and not in a, like a fist bump bro kind of manner, locker room talk, but like really getting into the things that we never get to share normally. Um, so I just have created a Facebook group online. That's the modern evolution of it since I, since COVID's hit. It's just like it's a Facebook group and you can go there. You can bring up your successes, your wins. You know, oh my God, I just had this amazing experience or the problems that you're having. And I just post articles that I find mm-hmm. relevant to masculinity in the modern world and our sexuality in 2021 and how we have to adapt to this new world and new vis- versions of femininity that are coming out every day. Yeah, but the idea of like a group of men getting together and talking about their emotions, like the the sensitive, emotional and strong man is a new archetype that's been forming only maybe in the last few years, uh, at least like if I, you know, if I'm watching TV and the movies, because um, usually you use the device of like the emotional guy to like signify weakness or as a place to start in a, in a series of growth. And recently now we'll see maybe a stronger guy also cry on camera. But you say you've been doing these uh, these men's groups for you said like decades. twenty years, yeah, more, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know what was it like back then to recruit dudes for that type of a circle? You know, I was younger, so it, I, it, it was uh, an of in, how do I say this? It was a manifestation of where I was in my evolution, also. Okay. Right, my con- current view of the world, view of women, view of myself. 20 years ago is different than it is today. I'm much more mature, uh, many more tools in my toolkit, stuff sure. like that. So there, are, 20 years ago, it wasn't as, as profound and full spectrum as it is now. Now the what version of then? masculinity, uh, it was more creating a space for guys to talk about sexuality and it was more lighthearted. Uh-huh. And now 
we get to go deeper because I'm a better facilitator. And I can kind of tease out and prod to kind of get past the blockage that I see a guy having to get to the, the deep, rich nugget underneath better than I could 20 years ago. It sounds like the leadership within a, a circle or a group space can vastly change like what you end up getting out of the group. Oh my God, absolutely. The container that you set yeah. is so important. What are, what's the framework? What are the agreements? You know, How safe is it for guys to let loose? Can other guys ask questions or judge or give advice or make jokes? Or is it a silent talking stick style? Like, What's the exact format? It's so important. And if you do a really powerfully safe container with a facilitator who can tease out and help prompt to kind of navigate through our blockages and bringing things up, because sometimes we just dance around the point and we never get to it, right? Mm. We tell all this story and we miss the main freaking sharp nugget. Um, so What's crazy uh, is we mass- probably didn't all miss the nugget. We all thought, oh man, I can relate to that thing right there. Or I see where Joe's in pain, but no one said, no one wanted to be the first one to maybe offer uh, some emotional support or something. Well, there's so many different ways to do it, man. Uh, well, what's like but, a pitfall from like your earlier group leading days? If you could go 20 years back and be like, hey, man, we tried some stuff here. Don't do this. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, uh, having a, a lack of agreements for the circle before you start it or the hangout session, whatever you want to call it, because we also would just like go out to a restaurant or a bar and hang out and talk there, too. Um, but not having an agreement to not give unsolicited advice, mm-hmm. not having an agreement to not discuss anything that you heard in the group with anybody outside the group later. Like not having those agreements doesn't create the safety for us to really bring out things that are scary for us to bring out. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can, if I bring up something about my sexual relationship with my partner and you go and blab about it to your girlfriend, like or that like could get me in a podcast shit or something like that. It could get me in a shit ton of trouble, <laughs> yeah. right? If I'm sharing something edgy or that I did wrong or I feel guilty about, you know, or I, I could get in a ton of trouble. It could have a lot of blowback on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but crafting a container where you can share that stuff safely, you know, sharing something deep that you're scared to share is the first step. Uh, can often be the first step towards healing or moving through it or to change, etc. If you can't voice that thing that you did or that, that's gnawing away at you, it's really hard to move past it. Mm-hmm. So even just being able to bring it up can be the first step towards shifting your life. Yeah. And back then you're in your 20s. And if back then you were in your 30s, then go fuck yourself. But back then when you were in your 20s, uh, <laughs> um, you know, what even made you want to get together with dudes to talk about this stuff in the first place? You know, I've had a really interesting life's history. Like I was raised by women in women's communities and women's schools, women's colleges and universities. Like it's really weird how I was just surrounded by women all the time. Um, the high school I went to is actually part of this convent of the sacred heart network around the world, all the, these sisters. Um, but there was two in the entire planet that allowed boys. And I happened to go to one of them. How so very feminist. Them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I learned from the sisters in the convent. Um, and then I went to the School of Education in Boston, which was 90% women. 90% of women are teachers, or 90% of teachers are women. You know, so I was one of the 10% of people there that had penises. Um, and you know, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. I just so much female influence in my life. So much. I worked in um, 
family planning. Uh, and that's so much sexual health, reproductive care for women. Uh, just the, again, 75, 80% women that I was working with in the, in the workplace. So I've really learned the, what I'm going to say, challenges and plight of women in the modern world mm-hmm. through my entire life. And then I come to, to my, maturity. So let's say I'm an adult. Finally, in my twenties, I can go out. There's anything like that. Yeah. I have a sister also. Okay. But no brothers and, and dad's not in the picture. Right. My dad, he was a drug addict and cheated on my mom. So like she left, he was abusive. Like, like, so no, not many positive male role models. Yeah. You just got the women. Negative. Negative male role models, abusers, guy, Vietnam vets who are just PTSD, like out of their minds, couldn't like get uh, to, to actually meet a woman in a healthy egalitarian relationship. So I had all these versions of men that I didn't want to be like. Mm-hmm. But then in my 20s, I started to get like, okay, now I can hang out with guys on my own terms because I'm an adult. I'm out on my own. I got my own place, stuff like that. So, you know, made my male friends and we started hanging out and doing what was fun for us. And I really wanted to talk about women and sex and relationships and like ha- have a space where we could really hang out and not just be superficial. Mm-hmm. So it was for myself yeah. <laughs> as much as it was for my friends. <laughs> and how'd you, how'd you find people to, to join your merry band of sex talking fellas? Oh, music. It all came down to music and dance. You know, the communities form around music. If you jam, if you play the guitar, if you drum, you know, if you can sit down in a jam session, like instant community right there. Mm-hmm. So it happened for me through music. Artists also can typically be a little bit more, um, you know, in touch with their inner selves and all that jazz. Also doesn't hurt that the people in the arts are a little bit more sexually open. And, you know, I feel like it's a good community to start with. Uh, I've been, I've talked about often on this podcast, I actually joined a, a group therapy for men like several years ago. And it was men all my age. Cause I don't have a lot of guy friends. Uh, I, I also was like kind of raised by women. And as much as like at my mom and my two sisters, I went to boarding school. I didn't have friends at all. I got bullied since I was a little kid, but the girls were nice to me. So when I did have any modicum of friendships in high school, they were women or girls. I always flocked to the female faculty members you know, I was more of a mama's boy than a dad's guy, but I played sports like I looked like I was supposed to be a he-man macho person, but like I cried a lot and was in touch with my feelings and people didn't really know what to do with me. Uh, so so I also related to your being raised by women. And I think there's something about that that really informs a guy that really like r- installs that empathy, that empathy gap we were trying to talk to before we got cut off. I mean, how much mm-hmm. do you think being raised by women plays a role into how you view the world and relationships and women today? Well, you know, I have an understanding of the full scope or full spectrum of femininity. Mm-hmm. I understand what women are. They're very multifaceted. They contain multitudes. You know, if I was raised by guys in locker room culture, I would have a very narrow view of what it is to be a woman. But being raised by women, I see the power and the breadth of their experience and their capacities. Um, So I have an appreciation for it. (laughs) I'm attuned to it because I've seen it. It's normal. So a lot of guys, they never never see that. They just have a very, very shallow view of what it is to be a woman. And that's often cultural. I live in a Roman Catholic area. And most women here are stuck at home with the kids. And they don't get to go to college. Yeah, birth control is hard to get 
sex education is almost non-existent and abortions are illegal. So they're not empowered with education and birth control, right? So they're really kept kind of barefoot and pregnant to use that, that metaphor. So they're really not empowered. Like they're, they're, they're in this very narrow um, uh, range of, of what, how they can express themselves in life, right? Can't go off and, and become a rocket scientist or a neurosurgeon or something like that. Like they can't follow their passions because they're stuck at home with the damn kids and they're pregnant by 15, you know? So understanding a woman as an equal, a human being, <laughs> just that, like the same as me, has allowed me to, to be able to teach this perspective to other guys, mm-hmm. to open their eyes and not just look at them as uh, property, <laughs> not just look at them as, as inferior or as uh, stupid and emotional, like these horrible cultural views that are so tried and just tired. Like they're not accurate. They're fucking false. They're wrong. And I also think that extends to a lot of things because it's not even just like understanding someone who's not like me. It's like it's about caring about someone who isn't me. I think if COVID taught us anything, we saw a true face of people. We saw that capital P people are selfish, that capital P people are down to do things for other people to an extent until it infringes upon me putting something over my mouth. Right. So similarly, I think there's a lot of guys who are like, they care about women, blah, blah, blah. they'll say they care about women and this and that. And like, they're down to do so many things unless it like infringes upon them coming. And then it's like, I don't know. I think I'm going to prioritize my coming first. And I, mm. and I think, I think that's, a, that is a cycle that I see. I think a huge thing that men are having a hard time with, uh, you know, on the back of your book, it actually even starts with in the wake of the me of me too. I go like, I think men are having a hard time saying no to themselves when they're hard, you know, because to say no to yourself when you're hard is to say no to you coming. And how dare I not get to come? Cause I am me. I should get to. Well, that's like entry level 101 level male sexuality. It's very um, me focused. It's very orgasm focused and there are other levels to male sexuality. Right. But I think that that's are, where most of men are, are at that 101. That they're not yeah, even sure. thinking about something. They're not even thinking about saying no to their own desire for a greater reason. Yeah. Well, there's problems with that first level of male sexuality, which we all go through um, or start out with, you could say, uh, which is that like there's often fear of coming too soon and not satisfying our partner enough. So there's a lot of nervousness that comes along with it. And there's a lot of not knowing where your partner's at and is it okay for you to want what you want. And there's, there's a lot of anxiety that occurs in that level of masculinity. But when you learn about uh, sexual anatomy and physiology and ways to communicate with your partner about what you want and tease out of her, elicit from her what she wants, and by extension, what you don't want and what she doesn't want, then you can create a container, a a space in which you can explore what you really want to explore with each other. There's like an example, uh, yes, no, maybe worksheet in the back of my book, where I've got all these lists uh, of um, sexual activities that you might want to do in your life. You can call it your fuck it list or your bucket, your sexual bucket list. Like maybe you want to have a threesome in your life or you want to try anal sex or you want to like do some romantic thing, like take a shower together or 
uh, try Tantra, you know, whatever. There's just a long list of different sexual activities. And then there's three columns. Yes, no, or maybe. So you fill oh out God, one of them. There's so many. There's so there's many. There's so many. This... I just found the page. <laughs> and this is also a free download on my website, consciouscock.com slash downloads. You get the yes, no, maybe worksheet. Anyway, you fill it out. You have your partner fill it out. If you want to do that thing in your life at some point before you die, put a check in the yes column. If you don't want to, put a check in the no column. If you might want to, if certain needs were met or conditions or container or safe space was, you know, if you had some requirements about it, then you put a check in the maybe column. She does it too. Then you compare notes and you see... What are you both a yes to? Invariably, because it's such a long list, there's going to be stuff on there that you're both a yes to. And invariably, there's going to be things on there that one of you is a yes to and the other is a maybe to. Then you get to have a fun conversation, a flirty conversation of like, oh, really? You might be interested in anal? Cool. Well, let's talk about that. What would we need in order for that to be a good experience? And Maybe she's going to be slow, like, I need to be video. able to do like, anal on you first. <laughs> it might be, you know, I take it for the team. Like, <laughs> be able to, to be egalitarian about things. It, it builds trust. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so if you increase your sex education, learn communication tools, and then uh, have flirty ways to um, have conversations about what you want, then it opens the doorway to this next level of male sexuality where you get beyond just being focused on your own orgasm. Because you can make yourself common probably a minute by masturbating. You don't need her to do that. And with porn, guys are just watching it and coming in a minute all the time. Like she doesn't want to be a tool, a sex toy. For your pleasure. She wants you to love her and build pleasure with her and share that pleasure. Like that, that, that's a beautiful relationship right there. So you get to this other level of sexuality where the sky's the limit, anything's possible, and you've got an ally and a playmate who's a fun partner to co-create your dreams with. Hmm. That's a much richer level than like 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old male sexuality. How did you personally get above that 101? What broke you out? Years of study, reading books on sex education and anatomy and physiology and learning about intimacy. Like I studied it. So even, even being raised by women, being surrounded by women, uh, which we talked about earlier, yeah. you, you still had a me set. You still went through a phase of that me centric sexuality. You know, I was very in tune to my partner and wanted to have her have as much pleasure as possible, but I didn't really know what to do. You know, it was my first time having sex, but I told her, Hey, it's my first time. I was authentic and open and honest that like, it's my first time. I don't know how to do everything. Help me along here. Like if, if something feels good, tell me if something doesn't feel good, tell me it doesn't feel good. I'd rather shift what I'm doing than not be engaged and in tune with you. Um, so I, you know, even in my first forays into it, I was sensitive to wanting to create a beautiful experience for both of us Mm -hmm. rather than just get my rocks off. I can get my rocks off by myself. And I don't know how much, um, I don't know how long you and your wife have been together. So I don't know how much like dating there was before, you know, in the before wife times, but like, did you ever face that frustration being someone who's being conscious, who wants to be giving where you and the other person are both like arguing over who gets to be the one, (laughs) right? It's like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? No, but really, what do you want? It's like, like, like someone's got to cave and let the other person. I was taught, I think I brought this up a few weeks ago where I was like, what a gift it is to let someone make you feel good where like, otherwise you might be battling over who gets to be the giver. It's like sometimes to step back and be like, okay, I'm going to be selfish because then you get to feel good making me feel good. What a gift that is. There's, it's been a process for me because I started out very giving, you know, wanting to give a lot of pleasure. And it's been a process for me to 
move into what is an authentic, inherent, dominant tendency in my sexuality mm-hmm. and to be okay with that, with the cultural judgment that men are jerks, yeah. right? Like, and I live in this atmosphere that men are jerks. They take what they want. So I've had this, um, this, this tendency in myself, this, this aptitude towards sexual dominance and power been suppressed by this cultural program and judgment of that as a negative thing, right? Mm-hmm. If I am a powerful man who claims what he wants and owns it, then I am a jerk. That's the cultural um, judgment in like feminist modern world. Um, but the secret buried jewel in here is that often women want to feel that power. And there's this thing that I call the art of ravishment. Mm-hmm. A lot of women will tell you that their number one fantasy is they want to be ravished. Now that's different than being used. Right. You're not just using me as a a device, as a sex toy to get your rocks off. No, you're attuned to me and you're taking me and I'm relaxing into surrender. And it's the most beautiful thing to relax into surrender and be used by a lover that you deeply trust for their pleasure. It's one of these things where we get off on our partner's joy. Mm -hmm. We get off on our partner's pleasure by them taking us using us in their way. Yeah. Turn me that way and fuck my brains out. Do what you want to do. Use me, ravish me. So I <laughs> even made a little video course on it. The art of ravishment. And you're how do you unlock ravish- the keys to that castle? Like By guys way, don't know how to do it. You're using ravishment. I'm taking, uh, as the, there is a little bit of a movement I've heard. You don't have to go deeply into it. I just want to clarify. You're using ravishment in lieu of saying like rape fancy, as there are a lot of people who want to start calling the, what we think of as the rape fancy, as a ravishment fancy, right? Or, or is it a separate thing to you? They're separate things. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, you, I, I, rape okay. fantasy specifically has to do with a uh, lack of consent. Okay. That's what rape has by definition is so a non-consensual fancy is a ravishment sex fantasy with that non-consensual role play, so to speak. Ravishment is completely consensual. Right, right, right. I want you to take me, use me for your pleasure. Do that thing that you loved. And yeah, maybe fuck me in the ass or turn me over doggy style, pull my hair, whatever the thing is that you really want to do yeah. with enough trust. You can relax into giving yourself to your partner to be, let them use your body for their pleasure. And that can be an exquisite sexual experience for you. Yeah. But it's consensual. Rape fantasy is a fantasy about a non-consensual sex act. Gotcha. gotcha. So they are totally different things. Now, a lot of women want to feel your power. They don't want you to be wishy-washy. They want to be ravished, at least sometimes, once in a yeah. while, at least. Like really just have you throw them up against the wall like and just like feel your desire. They want to feel something. Mm-hmm. Not just have it be a cold, mechanical, emotionless, passionless act. Like how many people are in COVID-19 pressure cooker apartments and like it's just turned into a tradition of little quickies like you know five minute missionary and you're done you turn over and you go to sleep like so many people are going to say yeah that's that's us we've turned into a tradition of quickies where's the passion where's the where's the really feeling something where's the ravishment and a woman can ravish a man too i love being ravished by my partner oh my god like yeah honey fuck my brains out please yes (laughs) get on that high horse and ride till like your head's in the cosmos yes please i I love that so it's it's a sector of sexuality that that is above like baseline 101 level male sexuality Mm -hmm. but you got to learn the tools to unlock this space of trust Mm -hmm. in her heart and to have the container for that so that these magical realms of sexuality can have a chance to blossom. 
I think part of that trust is like, is the partner trusting that though you're going to take what you want, you are still going to stay connected and like not do something, even though you want it, you will not do it because you can tell, oh, I love fucking her in this position, but I can kind of see that she's uncomfortable or I'm going to keep doing this sex act, but I can sense that she's now, you know, fading out. Um, So it's not just about taking what you want, but. Take what you want while staying connected with attunement. To, yeah, staying in tune with, with, with my body um, yeah. in the process. Giving, it's it's about giving pleasure while taking pleasure. Right, right. It, that's what I'm talking about. Ravishment. Ravishment is not about banging her cervix repeatedly until she's sore for a week. Like that's not <laughs> ravishment. All right, that's hurting her. <laughs> that's she's not going to be like, oh my god, I love my boyfriend after that. She's going to be like, ow, you hurt me. I don't want to do that again. You know, you want to build trust, build more trust, stay attuned and then be authentic about your desires. So like these are the the, the keys to the castle, keys to the kingdom, right? Magical worlds of sexual possibility unlock when you learn how to build trust and attunement and communicate with each other about what you want and what you don't want. And, and like I said before, you know, on the back of your book at the very top, it says, you know, know, in the little summary section, it's like in the wake of me too, what do you say to the, and I will, I'll extend this to anyone. I think anyone who's trying to be a more dominant partner, um, I think especially in a, you know, opposite sex hookups, but I think even within queer relationships, this can totally play too, because we see, at least I see, um, accusations of like abuse and this and that. Uh, in a lot of communities, what do you say about the to the person who like wants to fulfill that ravishment fantasy or wants to take that charge, wants to throw their partner up against the wall in a fun, consensual way, but is really nervous about not in that moment explicitly saying, I want to throw you up against the wall right now, which some would say that's a great way to do it. You could ask. You could ask. But for a lot of people that would kill the mood and they no longer want to get thrown up against that wall. How do you explain that people who are trying to navigate that right now? I've got a roadmap. Please. I've got it. I've got it figured out. Um, I, I, okay. So I, I, it's, it's not here, what you're right? going to expect. It's not what you're going to expect. Actually, um, well, I, I touch on it. There's a chapter about it in there. Um, mastering the power, wielding the power of consent is what it's called. Chapter three. But there's also a free download on my website um, called Boundaries and Consent, Six Rules to transform your life. Now, you might not think that my answer is going to be boundaries and consent, but if you learn to master the skill of asking what a person wants and eliciting from them, soliciting from them what they, they want to do. We're talking about consent. And when you master the skill of communicating what you want to another person in a non-pushy way, you're mastering the art of consent. It's very empowering to say to that another person what you really want, but not be attached to them saying yes or no. Uh, and if they feel that it's lighthearted and they can say no and they have the space to say no and you'll take their no and not make it mean a whole big thing about your relationship or something like that, then they feel like they can say no. Very crucial. Very crucial yeah, right there. Right. So, But there's different ways that people like to navigate consent. But if you've never taken a consent class, if you just think consent is this thing about feminists, about feminists and this, this kind of dirty word from, you know, then you're, you're not going to succeed in this. Inevitably, you're going to do something that's going to cause harm. Inevitably, you're going to have a bad experience. Somebody's going to get hurt. But if you actually take a consent class, if you actually read a book on this stuff, then you realize, oh my God, it's this whole world that's going to be empowering to my life. Anyway, there's a somewhat advanced level to consent. Uh, education, I'm a consent educator. I teach consent classes mm. uh, where there's baseline consent education where you teach somebody only say yes to things that you're really a hell yes to. 
Don't say yes to things that you're a maybe to, and do not say yes to things that you're a no to. Be real, be authentic. Mm -hmm. Give people accurate information about how to navigate their world with you. If you're pretending, if you're playing a role, if you're wearing a mask, if you're trying to be somebody that you're not, you're not giving them an accurate roadmap to succeed with you. You're not going to win. They're not going to win with you. You're trying to teach people how they can win with you and solicit from them how to win with them. Um, but there's, there's a slightly more advanced or, or different way to navigate consent after you've kind of mastered that basic way to do it of the only say, uh, yes to things you're a hell yes to. And that's this also other way, just because we've, we never had a good baseline that we, you need to overcorrect with that, which is a very cautious version of consent practice, yeah. which is good to have. It doesn't have to be your forever consent practice, but right. you need to go back to fundamentals. We learn how to dribble the bar ball before we do crossovers, right? So it's right. like, it's good to- That's what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about getting back to some consent But getting, getting back to this example of this guy who met the woman and, and she wanted him to, to just take her, ravish her, let's right. say. you know, She really wanted to be taken and ravished, but she didn't communicate that to him. Mm -hmm. Um, so she didn't give him the information that he needed to win with her. But Christopher, if I tell him when we go over to his apartment, hey, when we get there, I want you to throw me up against the wall. Kind of kills the mood for me, Christopher. What do I? I'm an Italian woman from North Jersey. Right. Well, if it's a new relationship, you haven't built enough trust for him to necessarily feel safe ravishing you and not having you like feel like he's raping you or something like that. Wait, he doesn't right? have like, to choke me the first date? You're right. I'm a, you haven't I'm a built first trust. date token kind of girl. No, <laughs> I teach long-term relationship success strategies, man. I don't coach guys on dating and hookup culture. I know I teach long-term relationship success, but this this next level or other way to do consent is to allow a conversation where you talk about how do you like to do consent. And I could be the woman and you're that guy. And you could say, well, you know, should I ask you what I want to do? Or, and I could say, no, actually the way I like to navigate consent is that like, you just do things because I trust you. And then if you do something I don't like, I'm just going to say, no, you can trust me that I'll say no. And I trust you that you'll honor my no. Mm -hmm. Then there's freedom to play without asking and checking in at every intersection. But some people don't like that. Some people are like, yeah, ask me, check in once in a while. Other people are like, check in at every step of the, 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 the way, especially on a first experience with each other. So yeah. there's different ways people like to navigate it. But if you check in about it first, as part of your like um, uh, STI conversation, you're like <laughs> elevator talk about like, okay, you know, tell me about your, your sexual history, about any diseases you have. Do you have any birth control requirements or STI prevention requirements? Do you have to wear a condom? You know, what are your needs? Like, you know, you, have, you should have a sex talk before you have sex with somebody the yeah. first time so that you have a chance of it going well. Yeah. You know, and part of that can be like, how do you like to navigate consent? But you need to at least have a baseline in what consent is. Mm -hmm. Uh, then if you're on the same page, you trust each other, you've checked in about the things, then there's like this playpen that you create with each other, a playground. And you're like, oh, great, man. We can play anywhere we want to in this playground because we defined it and we created that space with agreements with each other. Mm -hmm. And people do that. They're pretty adept at it in communities where consent is a foundation. Like uh, there's sex club communities, swinger communities, and uh, play party communities that exists, for example, in San Francisco or Miami, you know, stuff like that. And, and where consent is the baseline, then you have to go show up to the, understand the consent conversation at the beginning. And then if anybody's not honoring other people's nose, like they get kicked out. Yeah. But when you establish that baseline of trust and consent, then the keys are, or the, 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 the sky's the limit. Anything can happen. You can fulfill your greatest fantasies. Mm-hmm. 
or you can participate in fulfilling someone else's greatest fantasies. Yeah. A, a folly of mine, uh, or, and I would say also, it's like when you're having those, uh, consent talks, like another key factor is like, what's what, when, what's the context of that talk? Maybe don't have that talk when you are like erect and in bed together. Don't no, that's too it, late. Yeah. Don't Get make it hot. Well, not even for that moment. Like don't, talk, don't hold some, like something you say hot in the heat in bed you know, you don't have to, you don't hold them to that. Like I've had a couple partners where we've consented to messing with each other while we're, we're asleep by like giving at some point in those relationships, we gave like this blanket consent for, if you want to do something to me, it was actually me. Cause like I have the, rav- I have the ravishment fantasy. So I was uh-huh. like, if you want to do something to me while I'm asleep and like I wake up and you're in the middle of something very much. Okay. Actually would be incredibly hot for me. Turns out those partners also were like, Please do the same with me. If I could wake up and you're already inside me. Great. Cool. You know, when we didn't have that conversation while we're fucking or while we're fooling around or we, well, that's not made, the time for yeah, it. Yeah. You made a sober, flaccid conversation decision, you know? <laughs> All right. There's the category header. So flaccid. flaccid conversation decisions, <laughs> Fla- flaccid decisions. Those are how we should do things. <laughs> yeah. You definitely want to have, if you, if you can do these things lighthearted, you know, where you're kind of playful, you're not making it too serious. You're just, yeah, I just want to have a five minute check-in conversation with you because I feel like, you know, we're getting kind of flirty here. You know, I feel like things might move in that direction. So I just want to check in with you about a few things beforehand and like only limit it to five minutes and then move on. Then when you get to the bedroom, oh my God, you already talked about the hard things that were important. You got them out of the way. Yeah. Then you can relax and being able to relax is so essential to being able to have a really lovely sexual experience. If you're tense and nervous and anxious and worried about the thing that you should have said, but you didn't do it, mm-hmm. you're just going to be stuck in your head. You're not going to be in your body. You're not going to be finally attuned to their body. Sure. You're going to be stuck in your head. It's not going to be as awesome as it could be. Yeah. And how have you, um, you know, I like, I really like the brotherhood, um, that you, the, the Facebook group that you have that you've yeah. used to do as in person, right. like circle meetings. I've had, you know, mixed experiences. I, I like that I'm in this group therapy that's all dudes and dudes vaguely my age range because uh, as I shared earlier, I'm, I don't have a lot of guy friends. I need to have more guy friends, I am told. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's also cool to hear men like be opening up and being emotionally vulnerable and, and sharing that stuff. Alternatively, I went to something that was also very brotherhoody, but it was also a little bit more on the cult side, I feel like, of the spectrum of stuff. I can't remember what the name, I forget if it was happiness or the happy, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like this big nationwide or something movement. And I go and it felt, I don't know, it felt odd not being in a therapeutic sense, therapeutic environment and watching this like mixed age range group of men I would probably not otherwise interact with. Yeah. You know, open up and be vulnerable. I think part of it was like for at least like seven of maybe there was 20 guys at this meeting. I, you know, I went to one and then wasn't for me. Maybe, maybe at least seven of these 20 dudes, their struggle that they were having was with porn or with like feeling like they're swiping too long on Tinder or be, or thinking about sex too much. Yeah. Right. How much does that come up in your brotherhood meetings? Well, I deal more with long-term relationship stuff. Sure. So, so, so for, for the brotherhood, the, is that, is that um, more for men, just so I'm understanding, is that more for men seeking stuff about long-term relationships or is it for men who are trying to connect with other men about masculinity and all that jazz? 
Oh, it's both. Okay. It totally is both. Um, you know, there's so much toxicity in us because of porn's influence in our lives mm-hmm. and in our friends and our, 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 our male friends. So many guys have a really uh, negative impact in their lives because of porn. Sure, it's fun for them to watch and they, they enjoy it and they have, they, they have a lot of pleasure from it, et cetera. But I'm saying that it often has a negative impact on their lives, maybe on their relationship with their, their girlfriend or their wife or something like that. <laughs> I mean, so many guys, like they'll jerk off and come watching porn because they have this the kind of visual fixation thing that's really satisfying for them about it. But then like they lose their sexual power and their girlfriend comes home and they don't ravish her. And that's sad. It's sad for the health of their relationship. It's sad for the sexual possibilities in their relationship. I mean, a different way you could flip the script on that is like, what if you could change the rules of that so that you create a relationship with your partner where she wants you to fuck her brains out and you love doing it and you're getting your rocks off and you're getting satisfied in the sexual ways in your mind that you want to be satisfied. Maybe it's visual. Maybe you want a mirror on the wall so you really see everything. You know, maybe you want to like record things so you can watch it later. What if you can create the relationship where that's possible rather than blowing off all your energy, just watching porn. Mm. Then you've got a real life, live sex goddess that's fulfilling your fantasies rather than you just like jacking off and getting depleted and then not giving her the best that you've got to give and her feeling like, ah, you're not really showing up. Would you, I mean, do you still watch porn? A little bit. And how do you, how do you discern when you're going to watch porn and when you feel like it's a good idea in your present state of being to utilize porn. A well, I love, I, guess, I love bringing porn. I love bringing porn into my relationship mm-hmm. and watching it with my partner. It's okay. really a turn on. It's taken a long, you know, it took us years to, to get over our, um, our, our judgments that, that, that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Right. I had a lot of shame about that, but you know, through conver- conversations and this trust that we have in our relationship, we've been able to bring it in as, as basically a sex toy, <laughs> you know, something to have fun with, like a sex swing, like let's watch some porn, you know, or let's use a sex swing or let's go to this like adults only place. Um, so it can help us, especially in our COVID pressure cooker where everything's just kind of getting mundane and vanilla um, to like spice things up, watch something hot together. And then, or maybe like, what we're watching on the screen, we're like, oh, let's try that position while they're doing it. And like, we just kind of like do what the people, the actors are doing in the, in the video. So it's really hot for our relationship. Um, but I don't just do it. I also, with her, I also watch it on my own occasionally when I just really want a quick hit of sexual gratification. But the thing is, I'm not reducing my availability to her, nor am I reducing how powerfully I show up to her sexually. Mm-hmm. Like I really show up very well in my relationship and I'm working towards my dreams and getting my dreams met and her dreams and fantasies met. So like, it's a tool that I'm using consciously rather than just zoning out to it as an addict every day. Default opening browsers instead of thinking about like, I'm horny and I want to masturbate. And then like, I want to masturbate should not automatically mean I'm going to watch porn. I Uh am, I like when you get to the point where it's like, okay, I want to masturbate now. Do I want to watch porn? Do I want to read porn? Do I just want to go fantasize? Do I, you know, like I, I be the mindfulness, uh, I think is that people are calling it like sex addiction. I think a lot of it is just laziness. It's like, mm. are, you know, you're, you're choosing not to be mindful of like what you need and what you want in that moment. I love, by the yeah. way, you calling porn, treating it like a sex toy. 
Like, yeah, yeah why sex we bring it in? We don't. It's, 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 there's not, it's, it's very neutral. It's just another thing in the drawer. Yeah. And it's great sometimes. And sometimes you just, you're tired and you want the freaking quick hit and it's okay. It's useful. It's very useful to have a quick orgasm. Sometimes it just changes your mood or it helps you go to sleep or, you know, whatever it is, you know, just like, oh, I just want to have a quickie and and then pass out, whatever it might be. So acknowledging it consciously for its benefits and its drawbacks and then using it, you know, for what, it, what's going to be helpful for your life in that is mu- much better than using it just on autopilot right. where it's hurting your relationship. I'm a, yeah. I, I, I do not enjoy the autopilot, whether it's whether or not you're watching porn or how you're having sex or if you're defaulting into monogamy, just anything. It's like you should be mindful of the choices you make. Uh, do you ever are in that mindfulness? Do you ever ac- do you find yourself maybe, you know, reflex opening a porn and then realizing I actually don't need porn right now? And then you choose not to. Not anymore. No, I, I, I'm pretty clear if I want it. And then I use it and it was great. Did, um, did you ever have that sort of uh, thought process in your earlier years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, where I was going to it uh, on autopilot, you know, just like, oh, going for the quick hit uh, unconsciously just because I was kind of tired in my life and numbed out or I wanted to be numbed out, et cetera, rather than like my life is awesome. And I'm cre- creating my fantasies every day in my relationship. And this is a toy that I want to bring in and play with. And like whatever, what he's doing in his life, uh, Christopher clearly feels like he is crushing all the things he wants to crush because uh, I can't handle the amount of like sunshine and smiles that's coming from my screen right now. <laughs> you know, it's that New Yorker bitterness, you know. Dude, you're it's happy. amazing. I just got to say, like, it's your relationship dreams are possible. No one told me that when I was younger, but I'm going to tell you, everybody who's listening right now, they are possible. What you envision in your mind, what you want in your heart, your dreams of what you could have sexually in your relationship, they're possible with enough study and devotion and consistency, persistence, work, care. Just keep going in that direction. It doesn't matter what, how fast you're going. Okay. What matters is your course heading. And if you're not heading towards the relationship or sex life of your dreams, like you got a course correct. Yeah. Even if you're going slowly, as long as you're going in the right direction, like you're going the right way. Yeah. So learn the tools, you know, sign on. There's so many YouTube channels now for sex education and relationship skills. I mean, the amount of, of, of resources that we have available to us to, to move towards what we want in our lives, our real, true, authentic dreams mm-hmm. is just mind boggling. There's so much possible today that was not possible for our parents' generation okay. or our grandparents' our generation. generation. did not have the conscious cock so readily There's no available. book. <laughs> That's the whole reason I wrote the book, man. Like there was no kind of like how-to manual for male sexuality in the modern world. Well, I would say ethical ones because I think, and it sounds like we are, you know, on similar wavelengths a couple decades apart, but, or a decade apart, Jesus, I'm aging. Um, (laughs) Just realized, no, but I I feel like as a kid in college with how I, with what my childhood and teenage and high school years were like, there's, I don't see, I think I was the wrong Google search away from ending up down a men's rights rabbit hole or ending up down the pickup artist rabbit hole. Right. I think I just, um, I think I just like stumbled upon the right words. Uh, and so when you say do the research, do this, it's like, I think it's also very important to make sure you are going to the right 
resources, um, something that is more mindful, because I think it's also very easy for men who are desperate to try to improve themselves and improve their ways that they connect with women to end up down the wrong rabbit hole. You know, like I fell down the ethical slut rabbit hole, thank God, because I probably was one click away from who knows the fuck what. You know, pickup artistry has so many guys studying it because there's a big lack of good information on other ways to have success with women, other versions of success with women. Historically, there hasn't been much available. There's been really woo-woo stuff, real spiritual, touchy-feely 70s kind of crystal-hugging love and light things, definitely. But what I'm offering to the world with this awesome textbook, this manual is combining modern research-based sex education with communication strategies that help you get what you really want rather than treating a woman as an object or a girl. She's not a girl. She's a fucking woman. Like guys grow up. If you just want a girl, that's kind of sick and twisted. Don't you want a mature, vibrant woman who's got lots of texture and context and skill and experience in her life rather than a girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who wants a girl? I don't want a child. Give me the 51 year old version of any 21 year old, please. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 You know, maturity is sexy. Yeah. Wisdom and experience are sexy, at least in my opinion. So yeah, there's nowadays finally some, some tools coming out uh, for guys to, to, to have resources to learn how to Im- use their sexual power in a healthy way, get what they want and bring their power to their, their partner mm-hmm. and not be a jerk, not treat her like she's a child. And Christopher, uh, for the dudes who want to not be a doormat and also don't yep. want to be a jerk, you know, and they want to be a more conscious cock, where can they find you and uh, where can they get your book? Man, I get censored and banned on social media for my sex ed content. It's called the Man so, Podcast, man. I yeah, guess. man. Exactly. <laughs> so the best way is just to go to my website which is consciouscock.com. And then there's the download section and there's the book page there. You can get, my book is an audio book, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. If like you don't want to have the book laying around where somebody can see it, you can just listen to it in headphones and nobody knows what you're listening to. Um, and then there's links there to get the, the paperback or the Kindle or, or, or PDF ebook version. Yeah, it's on Kindle. That's right. Um, so yeah, just consciouscock.com and tons of free downloads and guys take an action step, like do something. Even if you're not going to download something from my website, like, Take a step, learn something about consent, learn about how to bring up your fantasies, learn how to deal with, learn about menstruation, like get a period tracking app on your phone and start learning about it. Like learn about what are birth control options that you can do. How can you address worries and concerns that are on her mind so that she can relax more with you? Like learn some things, like take some action. Fantastic, man. You got, you got like Instagram, anything like that? They should find. Yeah, it. all all the links are on my website. All on the website, um, but you search conscious cock on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or Instagram. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing your time with me and dealing with some of the technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, one day, maybe we'll maybe we shall connect in the real worlds uh, where where streaming bandwidth is not an issue. Uh, but yeah. thanks again for chatting with us, and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, guys, everybody, thank you for showing up and listening to this. Even just listening to this is is taking a step in the right direction for you getting what you want in your life. Like, listen to that inner voice inside of yourself. What do you really want? Don't just play the role that you're supposed to do. Like, be authentic. Become who you really want to be. If you need something to be more conscious about, might I uh, recommend that my birthday is coming up on June 5th. Do with that information what you will. 
My Amazon wish list is in the show notes. Okay, I'm never going to mention that again. Just wanted to, I got to toss it out into the ether. That's the only way things can come back, right? <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the chat with Chris Lovestone. Again, we have over a half hour of more content dropping with him tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. I just looked in the mirror for the first time today and noticed what my hair looks like. Oh gosh, why did anyone let me go outside today? That's a problem. Uh, (laughs) Also, by the way, we got a new shirt on sale. We got new merch. There's a link in the show notes. It's a t-shirt that says, uh, my pandemic OnlyFans is going very well. Thank you for asking. It's a great t-shirt for someone in your life who got a pandemic OnlyFans and it's going quite well. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, you can always perv out on my OnlyFans for free at OnlyFans.com slash CallMeBilly. I've uh, I've recently put up quite a bit of like what the kids in the biz call uh, boy-girl content (laughs) with a a very pretty friend of mine and, and fan of the show Lucy Moon. Shout out to Lucy. She's very beautiful in the content. I don't I don't ugly up the shot too much. But for now, I'm just going to focus on, you know, I got a threesome lined up next weekend and I, I got to start laying off some of the snacks. That's what that's what scheduling a threesome means for me. It means laying low on the 2 a.m. bags of potato chips so I can kind of be like a clear and active uh, partner. When I'm all gunked up on the Trader Joe's cookie dough butter, you know, I'm, I become a very 80% hard, please ride me, I fuck you from the bottom type of guy. And I just think she deserves better than that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, next week on the show, we've got on co- fellow comedian and creator Hannah Harkness. We're talking about why wrestling is sexy and going way deep into uh, bipolar, mental illness, hypersexual mania. We'll get fucked up with her next week. But for now, everybody... Stay slutty. Hotmovies.com has long been an ethical and affordable place to hashtag pay for some of your porn. Now with Hot Movies Select, customers gain access to unlimited viewings of tens of thousands of additional films from all their favorite studios for the low, low price of $24.95. Visit HotMovies.com, click Select Unlimited, and use promo code MANHOR at checkout so they know who sent you.